This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. Place to Be Nation, welcome. You know my voice. I am glad to have you here. Um, we are introducing a new pod to you guys uh, here on the PTB and Pop Feed, um, and I'm so glad to do that. Of course, if you are not new here, you know my name is Miranda, um, and I am only one half of this, what I think is pretty awesome duo, known as the remastered edition of Lady and the Beard. Of course, I'm the lady. The beard is none other than one of my very best friends in the world, Kelly. Howdy. Hello. Hello. <clears throat> you guys Good. may know Kelly if you've been part of the feed for a really long time. Yeah, uh, back. You've been on a few uh, different shows here and I, there. Feed. I was uh, Russell Sellers and I were, he had a podcast that I was a part of, mm-hmm. uh, doing just comic book stuff for I think for about a year or so I was I was with Russell and uh, and and yeah that's but I think you did a few others here and there with like I've, myself and a yeah, few other people I have I was on uh, you and Jenny's podcast uh, once mm-hmm. uh, that was a while ago too but yeah I'm I'm not you know uh, I've been off you, so. Yeah, but he's been gone for a long time, but we're glad to have him back. Um, as I said, this is a new show to Place to Be Nation, and I'm, I'm giggling a little at the remastered there. That was my son's idea. Um, Kelly and I actually did this podcast a couple of years ago, um, and life happens. There was a lot going on in my life at the time. So I took kind of a hi- hiatus from podcasting in general, as most of you know. Um, and then we decided we were not done with this and we wanted to revisit it. And so my son jokingly said, you should call it the remastered editions. Um, so yeah, <laughs> welcome. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's a, that's a good title. Yeah. Any laugh. Um, <clears throat> So we are going to be just a general basic pop culture nerd geek, uh, whatever word you choose to use um, podcast. We will talk about books, video games, comic books, um, board games, Dungeons and Dragons, World of Warcraft, Skyrim, all of those things and more that you can think of. Um, and since we're kind of redoing this show like we've never done it before, um, this first episode, we're basically just going to kind of tell you who we are, how we met, and some of our favorite nerdy things um, in the world. So, Kelly, I think we figured it up the other day. You and I have actually been friends now for, I think it's 11 years almost. I think because so. Because Caden was like, Caden um, is 16. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, we just we just started a new year. So later in the year, he'll be 17. Oh, my God. I can't believe I don't even want to say that. <clears throat> anyway. Caden <laughs> uh, uh, will be 17 soon. So I think we've been friends now for about 11 years. Um, yeah. And we met 
because I don't remember what happened on my end, but something made me decide to rekindle my childhood love of comic books. Um, and I do remember my son was struggling to read. Um, it was, it was very hard for him. He is on the autism spectrum and he kind of was struggling with reading, but you could tell he wanted to read, like he loved books, but I was trying to find what would make him happy. Um, and I did like a random Google search and I was like comic book store, honestly expecting, I won't lie. I was expecting to have to drive like to the beach or, um, Montgomery or something from where we lived. And at the time Kelly had a shop open, um, and I walked in and basically looked at him and said, I need help. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I. Yeah. Luckily, I had already. Looked at doing a young reader section, which I had set up in the shop, so because I knew that that would be. A good way to 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 get new readers in and to get new, uh, not just people that like to collect comics, you know, people that, you know, uh, young young readers that that uh, maybe would like to to collect down the road or just just to read, you know. I mean, so it it uh it was very um it was very good that you came in and at that time because I had already I'd already had my section set up and was able to help uh, Caden find a few things that mm -hmm. struck his interest and. Um, and, and and a friendship grew out of that over quite a bit of time. So yeah. it was it was very nice. That was one of the the one thing that I, I enjoyed a lot about having my shop <clears throat> was the friends that I made. So it you know uh, and this one thing I miss because that was part of my social circle was mm -hmm. uh, you know, every Wednesday new comics would come in and it was like Christmas and and getting to talk to my customers about you know whatever was happening latest in you know uh, Marvel or DC or whatever book uh, was 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 current at the time. So that was our thing. Um, it sounds really weird, but if you have ever had a child in like elementary school or anything, like you know, you usually get this folder. Um, our school did Wednesday folder. And that's where everything from the week before came home um, with their grades and all of that stuff. Um, and because it was also comic, new comic release day, I would pick my son up from school. Um, and because I was heavily involved in school, I already knew it was in Wednesday folder, like before it actually came home. But like, that was the thing is, um, you know, reward. I'm, I'm not big on like disciplining a child for having a bad grade, but I'm all for like, oh, you tried really hard, even if it's a C, and rewarding them. So it worked perfectly. Um, we would do check the Wednesday folder when we got into the car. We would then go get a snack, and then we would go to the comic shop and get um, whatever came in that week. And sometimes we didn't have anything, but we still went because it just became a thing. Caden sometimes wanted to get, because he was also interested in magic. So Yes, I mean, which he still is. <clears throat> oh, gosh, yeah. yes. Yeah. So that would be sometimes part of his, <clears throat> uh, I guess his his reward or his yeah. you know, uh, his uh, yeah reward. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that love actually has grown immensely, um, and the kid loves uh, all things magic, all things Warhammer, 
all things comic book. Um, yesterday, he actually bought himself, like, without even prompting from me or anything, he bought um, all three, the Lord of the Rings trilogy, as well as um, a couple of copy of Animal Farm. Mm-hmm. So I mean I think that budding friendship did it was more you know it was more than a friendship he he found a um, a love for reading which my husband and I already have but we didn't want to force him to have um, but it instilled that in him as well so that's kind of how Kelly and I met um, and then it involved into you and I have done some comic book um, related panels together at comic conventions. Yeah. Um, we actually have played D and D together for many years with you running as my DM. Yeah. Um, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And of course, all the other things that go with friendship, friends giving, and all of those mm-hmm. things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like I, uh, like I said, it it uh, getting to know people and getting to share in their their you know fandom i mean for me it was yeah. comics that's my main uh my main fandom it's it's what i fell in love with at, at, at age nine back in 1977 uh when and that's probably showing my age but that's fine um but finding that comic book rack in the drugstore with my mom and mm-hmm. like my mom was a lot like you and the fact that I didn't like to read. I mean, I, I was really, I just was, a, a, a I was probably now that I, I kind of look at myself, I probably had some autistic tinges in, in the way I was as a kid. But when I saw that comic book rack and I, I flipped that, thing around and I saw Hawkeye on the cover of Avengers, you know, with his draw, with his bow pulled back this, yeah. this, and I, I took it off and I started looking through it and I was like, wow, that was it. I was hooked. And my mom was like, look, I'll buy you comics. If you read them, you have to read right. them and, and, and not just look at the pictures. And, you know, she would, I mean, I would read them in front of her, you know, so she kind of knew Okay, well, yeah, that's good. And so I knew that anytime we went somewhere, I could get a comic I could get a couple of comic books, you know. So yeah, that's uh that's what I love about when I had my shop was was getting to uh you know, there were certain customers I knew like Larry Tyson was uh, an older fellow, but he loved Captain America and you know, he could sit there and we could talk about Captain America and, and the books and stuff that he was reading. And uh, I had another customer named Jody who was a big Superman fan. And, and he, you know, uh, we could get in discussions about, you know, the Superman comics and, and the latest stories. And okay. I mean, he even we even talked about the movies. He wasn't a big fan of Man of Steel. In fact, he really hated it, but I loved it. And we sat there and we we had a really cool discussion about why he didn't like it versus why I liked it. And, and, you know, this is something that I'll probably talk about here later on in this episode uh, about fandom and toxicity. So, but that, 
that was the thing. One of the things I really loved about the shop was just being able to share my fandom with other people and to to see what they liked, mm-hmm. you know. So yeah, so there is a lot when it comes to fandom, and I'm glad that you said that your favorite one. I think people forget this, and so you're a '70s baby, and I'm an '80s baby. But mm-hmm. when we both grew up, um, a lot of the times drugstore is not what people think of as a drugstore now oh yeah 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 that's where i also got my first comic as well um that they were big they were um like the drugstore i grew up with still had like a soda fountain like you could go get um an egg salad sandwich and a soda like a cherry float soda yeah so so Um, was the one here uh in in where i live you know yeah yeah yeah. it's now it's still yours is still open it's just not uh it doesn't have like the soda fountain is it is it the same one that's on the square or is it closed closed i don't remember no the 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 one that i went to back in the day is closed it 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 uh i don't know when it went out of business but it's it's a christian mission now but oh uh, okay but the you know it had all those things and it the other the other drugstore because there was more than one here in town also had uh like an ice cream fountain mm-hmm. and like a like a snack they had like a small like you know menu of sandwiches like you were talking yeah. about but they had gifts and stuff but they all these places always had a spinner rack yes which if you don't know what that is it's a metal uh rack where the comics would sit down in them and you could spin it, of course, to look at all the various comics that they had uh, displayed and the way the rack was set up that you could see, you know, mm-hmm. you, when you put the comic in, you could see the whole cover and it was held by a couple of little metal uh, braces. And, you know, sometimes people had a tendency to pull the, the comics back and, and bend them, <laughs> which oh, yes. drive, drive me nuts uh, as a collector would would drive me nuts even you know because i wanted all my stuff to look really nice even I before i became nice after i read it too <laughs> yeah yeah i i was very and that's why i think that like i said that maybe i was on the spectrum to some degree because i was very meticulous about how my comics were how they you know even before i became a collector but when i when i got to be a collector it was even like more because i was like I, the bag and board's got to be a certain mm-hmm. way the tape's oh, got to yeah. be a certain way uh was just you know but yeah uh like you were saying it's uh you you got your your first comic out of a drugstore so yeah mine was spider-man i had a thing for spider-man um he's not my favorite superhero anymore but i that was my my grab that was the attention Mm -hmm. um for whatever reason i just felt drawn to him um which I talked about heavily in a panel that I did once about like why I felt drawn to him or why I now think I did. Um, and it has a lot to do with like, um, I had friends in school. I was liked, but I was not popular. Um, and it's the same with Peter Parker. Like he has friends, Mm -hmm. he was liked, but he was not like popular and his family didn't have all the money in the world. And in yeah. some ways, he didn't feel seen. Um, but then, even as Spider-Man, he really didn't want to be seen. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. And I don't know. I I also really really hate spiders, which is kind of funny. Yeah, funny. yeah. I I have a huge fear of spiders. I have actually been bitten um, multiple times um, by spiders. One time was horrifically bad. So it's funny that he was my favorite, and later in life, I got 
bit horrifically by a brown recluse. It was fantastic. Mm. Um, so yes, uh, that is my first thing too. So I guess if you, and maybe even the nineties babies, because my siblings, um, are my siblings are nineties babies and, um, they were born when I picked the comic up. So maybe even some like early nineties kids probably also know what we're talking about, but I think finding it in the drugstore, um, was more of like a seventies, eighties thing for sure. Yeah. Uh, comics now are i think basically just direct market so Mm -hmm. you you can only find comics in uh your local comic book shop or like big box places like walden books or or books million um i don't really i mean like you're not going to find them in walgreens or whatever Mm -mm. you know qvc or any of these 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 chain drug stores because in the 80s they they began they they began doing direct market uh uh as far as um distribution because i remember here where i live the first comic book shop legit that we had was a place called cherokee coins and comics and uh bob cannon was the owner and he uh I mean, he was the first, I mean, every, it was Tuesday back in the day when comics came out. So every Tuesday, my mom would drive me downtown, uh, to get comics. And the next year I got my license. So I was able to drive myself after school to get comics. And, uh, this was, you know, like I said, in the early eighties, I believe. And, um, you know, then we had uh, Heroes for Hire in in uh, Dothan. My friend Danny Adams. I was about owned. to ask, wasn't that Danny's place? But I couldn't. Yeah, remember. that was that was Danny's place. And uh, his dad, um, they eventually opened up opened up a shop in Daleville, a satellite shop. And uh, when they did that, I, I quit driving to Dothan on Saturday. I would I would just go uh, to Daleville because it was it was closer. Um, God, I miss those. I miss the, such. There were just such. Uh, his shop was was. I mean, that was the longest comic book shop that I that I frequented, you know, uh, for many many years, and uh, met a lot of good people and and. Uh, but yeah, comics today. I mean, that's pretty much the only place you're going to find them is mm-hmm. is, uh, is comic book shops. I will say that's a, I think what I've liked, I've noticed about uh, Europe <clears throat> versus America in book distribution is like when I go to the grocery store or when I go to the pharmacies, not so much because here a pharmacy is kind of like it was years ago. It is mm. its own entity. Yeah. Um, like you don't here in Europe, you don't find medications inside the grocery store. You have to go to the apothecary, the apotheca. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> they don't really have books in them, but you do find comic books in um, the grocery stores. And then we also have little stores here that it's just lottery. <laughs> yeah. So basically yeah. you go into it only to buy lottery tickets to mail out a package or buy tobacco. Right. And inside there, it's it's like an old newsstand, basically. So they also have some comics in there as well. So I do think that's interesting that, like, we don't really do that in the U.S. anymore. Probably some bigger cities that have actual newsstands still, sure. Yeah. Um, but 
that's what I find interesting. And then when you were talking about the spinner racks, I was about to say, you know, like with all the cards in them. But then I realized I live in Europe and I don't know if they do that in the U.S. still where they have a spinner rack with like cards, yeah. like greeting cards in it. Yeah, 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 they do. Okay. They do. I know they and did when I left, but you know, that's yeah. <laughs> been long yeah. enough ago that I was like, do they still do that? Um, yeah. And I will say I have noticed that it seems like, and I think this is really sad for America, Glad I have the opportunity to bring it up. I've kind of mentioned this to you before. It seems like a lot of the stores in America that you see, like, even in very big cities, you don't see many of or they seem to not last long. Um, and it's not just comic book shops, but it's also, like, hobby shops of any kind, knitting yeah. stores, uh, mm-hmm. paint shops, things like that. They seem to really still be thriving in Europe. Um, yeah. Like, we have individual Warhammer stores here um, that I've never been into one and it's been empty. We have mm-hmm. a comic book shop that I've sent you some video footage from, I think. It's like four stories tall. Um, yeah. One of the stories is just for like where they have tournaments and meetups and stuff. But like, and the other thing is I say four stories, but this is also in like an old downtown where they make use of their buildings and that's what yeah. they do. So like one floor is all board games. The next floor is like all like, tchotchke stuff the next floor is like actual comic books so i do think it's interesting the difference between america and europe and i do wonder if that if it's because um until recently i'd say the last four years or so online ordering was not as prevalent here um like yeah i use amazon here like nobody's business but apparently until about three years ago you were kind of three, four years ago ordering on Amazon. You could do it, but like it wasn't like we do in the U.S. And I'm just wondering if there's a connection between that. Like now you can order like pretty much whatever you want, whenever you want online. And it's not yeah. that like Europe didn't have an online presence. It's just some of these countries with like shipping things across line, this, that, and the other. People just wanted to see it and touch it and themselves. Um, right. But I have noticed like, the stores that we find that like you don't have enough of a clientele. It's not that it fails, but you have to have more than enough clientele to to make it work. You, um, yeah, they're they're they thrive here, or at least tax and government makes them stay open. I don't know. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but I, it is it is kind of different to see. Um, it, it's interesting. I don't I don't know. Yeah, I I know. For me, you know, I had my shop for 10 years and, you know, really, you know, the first few years was was getting my my customer base and getting, mm-hmm. you know, people to subscribe and, and, you know, have a, you know, get a pull list and, uh, you know, manage to go through some of the tough years there, you know, in the beginning. But um, the comic shop business and and running a shop and and it's uh, it can be kind of it can be kind of rough. I mean, mm-hmm. it, especially in this location here in in uh, in the South, um, your clientele, you know, is 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 kind of a a, a niche group. 
you know, not everybody around here are, are, are fans of comics or so you, you know, but once you find people that find out you're, you're there, you're, you're going to get them. You're going to have them come in, mm-hmm. but keeping them over time, like in, tw- in 2012, business was really good. You know, mm-hmm. it had, you know, continued, uh, 2011 the new 52 had launched which is for a lot of comic fans it's it's decisive some people loved it a lot of people i shouldn't say a lot i i don't really don't know what the percentages are but it was love and hate for Mm -hmm. that i mean even myself i wasn't the biggest fan of the new 52 but as a as a comic shop owner it was phenomenal the amount of new customers i've got I mean, I had customers waiting for me every Wednesday for that entire month. I never had that before. I mean, they were waiting for me to open because they wanted to get the new number ones that were coming out. Because the whole month of November, they were doing 52 number ones and and just this huge, big, you know, relaunch. And that went into 2012. 2013 was shitty and and i lost customers and it all it takes is is you know people lose their jobs people have their hours cut which was a lot of what my customers were telling me when they came up and said hey i've got to cancel my subscription or i've got to cut back and when you have that huge amount hit you at one time mm-hmm. that helps that hurt i mean that hurts the bottom line and so it you know, luckily, magic and tournaments were still not, I was still doing good there, so it it helped out a little bit. But then, you know, I had my health uh, situation pop up, mm-hmm. and that just that just trashed everything. That was to me that was the focal point as to why I I ended up having to close my shop in 2014 was because I just financially couldn't pay medical bills and and try to keep my store together so but and i think that's the other thing is i think um sadly for a lot of people in america is old emperor bezos over there has the market on a lot of things because uh, you and i talked about this even like when your shop was open and even after it closed like we would look at the price in the book like when it got to a point that you and i friendship had been developed and i was helping you like we were like what do you think i should order what about this yeah we yeah, at yeah prices of things like it sucked that you could look at the price of that thing and you weren't overcharging. So like, say no. you bought the book for four ninety nine, you usually only sold it for five ninety nine, six fifty. Like you weren't really marking the, up that much. The the um, markups on comics are you have to sell a lot of them. I mean, the yeah. markup is is not that that huge, and the fact that in Am- with Amazon you could have a trade paper of like Ultimate X Men or something, yeah. and, it, and it sells for. Twelve ninety nine, you know, but that's what you that's were what having it says to sell on the back. Like, it, what was it on the back? Usually no, like nineteen no, ninety nine or something. Was no, there... no, like like there were like say it was twelve ninety nine. That's what it said on the back of you know because all of those oh, okay. were already pre priced. But right. like because Amazon could you know undercut, they could sell it you know cheaper. Oh yeah, like seven ninety nine. Like I think right, uh, right. the last one I bought for some for someone was a trade paperback, and I'm very sorry, but I did order it from the Emperor Bezos because I needed it delivered to somebody in the U.S. Actually, I think well, I, I bought it for I, you. I bought the uh, 
Heroes Were Born Omnibus mm-hmm. uh, for myself for, for this past Christmas. And the thing retailed, I, I can't remember, but I ended up getting it for like 60 bucks. Yeah. Which was way cheaper than, and, but I know that if I went to, like if yeah. I went to my buddy's shop, if I went to Rob's shop, Capital City Comics, yeah, he probably would have cut me a little discount, but it wouldn't be anything close to that. Right. So the online market does kind of hurt the small retailer. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it, it does. But I mean, something I should have done is I should have made an online presence. I think that if I had built an online store for my store, I think I might have been able to maybe weather the storm a little bit more. And that's what a lot of shops do these days. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, um, and if you can have an online presence and kind of build up your online store and you have repeat business, man, that's, you know, that, that'll also help your bottom line. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, as far as, you know, uh, the way things, uh, the way things are now, I mean, like here, there are two shops now in town. We have two. I've gaming, heard, yeah, we have I've two heard gaming that. Shops. We have uh, one that, like I said, we've got two now. You know, they both seem to be doing pretty well from, mm-hmm. from what I've and I've been to both and and I've I've uh, actually you know given business to to both of them. Um, I'm not gonna you know pick one or the other. It's like just wherever you know I send right. to go as I I kind of want to share the wealth or you know give both uh some some business because i know what it's like to do that and dothan just recently got another uh gaming shop um so i i'm happy to see that especially Mm -hmm. after the 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 covid stuff that went on Mm um but like i said in the beginning uh retail uh, comic shop retail is, is, uh, at least for me, um, it was, uh, it was challenging because you had to speculate a lot, you know, like you were talking about how you would help me like, okay, well, you know, looking through the, looking through the preview and looking at the books that were coming out for the, in the next months, it's like, what do you think this will do well? And, and, or I would like with Danny, we both could look at stuff and goes, well, that's, that's hot garbage. That's not, I don't even know. I'm not ordering that. I know that won't sell. Right. Uh, you know, and, and you would always be surprised sometimes pleasantly and sometimes not pleasantly. Yeah. Cause sometimes you would be like, there's no way this is going to be good. I'm not going to get it. I'm going to get like one copy cause I'm yeah. going to read it. And then you'd have like 10 people in one day be like, do you have such and such? Yeah. And you have to tell them yeah. no because you're like, I thought this was going to be shit. It is yeah. very hard to gauge that. So, like, which made me – the question I had for you is, correct me if I'm wrong, but the new shops that we now have in um, in Enterprise, um, it, they are both more gaming um, yeah, hobby shops than they are yeah. – they're not um, comic shops, correct? Both of them do – uh, collectible card games, Magic, Yu-Gi-Oh. Okay. Uh, they do Warhammer. Uh, they where, do. On no offense, but where the money is really. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Uh, they do D and D. But because one of the owners, 
when I first went into his shop, we were talking and he, uh, I think he recognized who I was and was like, Hey, didn't you used to own? And I was like, yeah, yeah, it was me. And, uh, we started going into comics and he was like, Hey, do you think, do you think I should carry comics? And I was like, I had a slippery slope, buddy. <laughs> yeah. I was like, well, here's, here's, uh, you know, here's my two cents mm-hmm. for what it's worth. Um, I said, do you know a lot about comics? And he said, well, I know a little bit. <clears throat> I said, well, that's good. That's good. That's a good start. Um, you know, if you get into comics, you're, you're going to have to do a lot of speculating. You're going to have to, and, and I said that the books you end up ordering, you're going to have to keep, you can't send them back. Um, mm-hmm. you have to sell a lot in order to really see a profit. Um, and right now I don't know, you know, how that market is. Uh, I, I said that your best bet would be just to kind of test it if you wanted to invest in it. And I said, but that's, that's money sitting on the shelf that if it doesn't, if it doesn't flip, you're going to have mm-hmm. to mark it down and liquidate it and, and try to get some of your money back. Um, it's not a, it's not something to go in, um, you know, you, you really need to, to, to do your research. I wouldn't just go in and just order willy nilly or whatever. Right. I mean, you really need to, to look at what's selling, see what's, you know, what's, you have to keep apprised of, of the current ebb and flow of the comic book market. And it can, it can turn on a dime. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it's I, I basically was trying to tell him to to maybe maybe not right now, you know, because he was he's only been open a year. Right. And and so, you know, I, I said, you know. Whatever your strengths are in this business, that's what you need to kind of put. Oh, absolutely. Forward, you yeah. know, I know, you know, a little bit about comics and that's a good start, but. You know, it's uh, there's just a lot to it, and and uh, I'm sure maybe down the road, if you see, you, you could even do like you know, ask your customer base, would you be interested in me carrying a comic? Sign up sheet for a sign up like, sheet, yeah, yeah, a brief, you know, um, attempt or something. <laughs> right, right. I mean, you you really need to get the 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 feel of your your customer base mm-hmm. and what they would like um because that's i mean at the end of the day you're you're going to want to have a strong base that's going to come in every tuesday and and set up a uh a subscription pull list and and you know that's another pain in the ass is when you would have people just flip out and not come and pick their books up you know and i I really struggled with that. I let a lot of people slide. I, I kept pulling books for folks. And then like an idiot, you know, I have a guy that has $300 worth of comics and I've been trying to get up with him for him to finally say, Hey, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to get my comics. Cause, uh, I'm, I'm not in that area anymore or whatever. And, and right. just completely well, shit. for us, we were a heavy military area. And so like every two years you had people rotating in and out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think that was also a struggle for our area as well is, um, 
even soldiers that are fan of comics, they just weren't buying because they're like, well, I'm going to move duty stations in two years. Why would I amass like another long box? I um, I had a couple of really good. Yeah. Good folks. I mean, it, and it's like it's a mixed bag, though, just like you said. I mean, I had a guy who's who would come in every every week and drop two to three hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, he was. You know, if I had a couple more of them, I would, you know, really have <laughs> been really oh, right. Doing it. But but he was good in the fact that when his time was coming up for him to 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 change or to move to another location, he came in like three months ahead of time and said, hey, I'm being shipped out to such and such. So I need to go ahead and kind of start pulling back my subscription. And, and I was like, great. I mean, not right. great that you're leaving, but I appreciate you letting right. me know. So we yeah. Can, communication <laughs> yeah that that that's all i ever asked of anybody right. who signed up with me was like look if you have to cancel your subscription just give me a call or come right. by let me know email me um as soon as you find out and some people did but a lot of people didn't and that's really one of the headaches that i could never really figure out what was the right thing you know to do is like what if they miss a week do i just stop pulling right. and then like run the risk of like they come in a couple of weeks later because they had something to go on and I haven't pulled all of their books. So then they get mad and they, you know, yeah, it's, it's a slippery slope. So I, I, you know. So if you've ever gone into a local shop or you found one and then it closed really quickly and you wondered why that's a little bit, just a tiny snippet of kind of like what goes into like the owner's thoughts and trying to figure things out. I have noticed that hobby shops are doing more, but I will say as someone who has a kid that plays both Warhammer and magic, um, they are higher dollar priced. So like where a comic book person is going to come in and only buy two or three single issues that range from like three ninety nine to seven ninety nine individually. When you walk into like say a hobby shop and you're buying like on the cheap end one Warhammer thing, like you're just getting mm-hmm. one figure, that's already thirty five dollars. Boom. Yeah. Like out yeah. the door. <clears throat> um and I'm a proponent for so if you guys if any of you listeners have ever wanted to get into comics, I don't want to discourage that. I think it's still something you should do. Of course, absolutely find a local shop, an indie bookstore even in your area. Um, and to also save you space and money, but benefit those people as well. What I highly recommend is you heard Kelly a minute ago talking about buying the omnibus. I recommend the trade paperback or even the omnibus. And I'm sure Kelly would agree unless you are a collector and you want single issues. Um, but if you're low on space or you're not going to collect them, I say, wait, trade Kelly is usually what about five to six seven issues of a book usually yeah i mean like um usually like when it's like whatever like a a complete story has kind of been told they'll they'll put out a trade or if it's a you know one of the event books like uh like dark crisis i think is dc's Mm -hmm. latest you know i think it was like 12 issues or, or something like that but they'll put that 12 issues into one they'll come out with a hardcover if if you're a collector i guess and you want yeah. the hardcover or you want the trade which is going to be a little cheaper and if you just want that for for a reading purposes and and you know you're not too worried about the collector part of it but uh, that's what a lot of people like mm-hmm. is is that kind of format because you can pick it up and 
and uh, reread it, put it on the shelf. Uh, it's a little bit more sturdy in your hand as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I, if if any of the listeners out there are looking to uh, get into comics, that's yeah, I would agree with like Miranda's like find your local comic book shop and go in there and and give them their your support. Um, get to know the owner and if you do decide to set up a, a pull list find out what his criteria is and and just uh like i said if you you know treat those guys uh good because you know if a lot of times if uh you're a repeat customer that comic shop owner more than likely will, will hit you up with some some discount sometimes or mm-hmm. or will we'll do special things for because that's one of the things i love doing was was helping people find books they were missing because i had a huge back back issue uh area um you only found a good bit of stuff yeah i I mean i i had uh, it was yeah i had a ton of back issues which was really one of the things i loved about my shop was that a lot of times you'll I've been into shops where their their back issues are, are you know they have a few against the wall they'll have some you know long boxes and they'll yeah. be alphabetized but it's like one wall whereas my entire shop was encompassed by back issues just oh, the way yeah. I had to arrange yeah. them um and it, it ran the gamut from DC Marvel Image Vertigo IDW, I mean, any, you know, uh, any publishing company uh, that was out, uh, I probably had some of their stuff. But um, yeah, that's, that's, that's what I would like to just throw out there to the listeners if they're thinking about getting into comics is just find their, their local comic book shop mm-hmm. and, and check it out and, you know, find one that, that you like, you know, because all of them are different. I mean, I can't say that every every comic book shop, you know, is going to have a great owner because uh, right. I know I've I've in my time I've met a few that are, were kind of dicks and reluctantly I had to to you know go to them because that was the only comic book shop in that area. Uh, but yeah, that's that's neither here nor there. Just you know, if you're going to get into comics, definitely you know uh, try to find a comic book shop and support uh, support that that shop. Right. A local comic shop, a local indie store, because if you're willing to buy trade paperbacks or omnibuses, they usually can also order them as well, just like, I mean, Barnes & Noble can, Amazon can, Mm -hmm. so that means most indie bookstores, and because they want your business, they'll be willing to try to find that for you, Um, which I think I really like. I've noticed a lot more of those cropping up as well, indie bookstores in particular, because I am a reader outside of comic books. Um, so I think those are also fantastic. Yeah. I was going to ask, because you were also big into, I know you do read, um, but one of the things that you also really enjoyed that we briefly mentioned um, is D&D. And it also comes mm-hmm. with like a lot of books and figures oh, and yeah. things like that. So um, just wanted to kind of like go through. I, it, I Last time we did this, I was like, oh, give me your top like, five fandoms or five things and I have decided I'm not going to ask people that anymore because it is so incredibly hard to pinpoint say like five fandoms and then I have also noticed I don't know about same for you but I've noticed that like at one point in my life 
these would be my top five fandoms. And now at this point in my life, these are my top five things. So like, yeah, 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 extremely yeah. hard. Um, but what are some fandoms that you are really into at the moment? Um, or that maybe have just had just like profound effect on making you who you are? Well, I, I, I think like comic books will always be, I believe my, my top fandom just because it's been the oldest it's, it's been mm-hmm. my, my constant companion through, you know, uh, the last 45 plus years, mm-hmm. maybe somewhere around there. My math may be off, but um, I, I think that as far as there's a lot of other fandoms that kind of have a rotation beyond, I mean, comics will always be number one, but mm-hmm. as far as, you know, the, the next four, uh, like, I've gone back and uh, I mean, like D and D, I think might be might be a, a static second because we do play D and D with the gang here every um, every Saturday, or you know, most Saturdays. Sometimes we have a, a situation where not everybody can play, but right. Uh, I enjoy the social aspect of that uh, a lot, but I also enjoy D&D. That's another thing from the uh, late 70s, early 80s as a, as a Gen Xer that was, I mean, I played the first box set that came out. Uh, I didn't play the, the first pamphlet called Chainmail that Gygax came out with, um, but the first uh, blue box D&D set uh one of my friends that are growing in the neighborhood, um, we, you know, me and, and, and him and another friend, just, it was just three of us, you know, he was the DM and then my friend and I, we both played in the, uh, module, uh, tomb of horror, which we didn't manage to make very much headway <laughs> in it. We ended up getting killed. I remember I got killed by a hellhound and, and my first character was a wizard um named thor yeah I, I was not original in my name but it was just you know the first name that popped in my head when my friend would say okay well, what's your wizard's name and i'm you know but i loved the idea of coming up with with adventures and and stories and characters and like i said the social aspect the you know your gamer friends you know uh when you game with us uh Mm-hmm. It was just always entertainment. There was always something funny going on or, you know, somebody comes up with this really wacky idea of how to get out of a situation or how to deal with an encounter. It's really, it, yeah, yeah. Or <laughs> turning your halfling into a savager and just sending you in to, to, to mop up the, uh, the enemies was, you know, to polymorph, you know, polymorph your, your little halfling into this, this vicious, hairy beast with claws it's those kind of things that i enjoy and and like like yeah D &D is is a good second but like i think third fourth and fifth are going to just change periodically like right the um star trek brave new uh brave new worlds uh Mm -hmm. is a a series that started i think last year 
and I've I've just fell in love. I've rewatched it. I don't know how many times now. There's like ten episodes, and they're they're going to do a second season, of course. But I just completely just fell in love with the um the show, the the characters, and it got me to rethink my position on on fandom in general, like Star Trek Discovery. And I mm-hmm. talked about toxicity earlier in 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 the podcast, and and this is what I meant by uh, the toxicity in in fandom. I hate saying the word toxicity because it's it's overused, I think, but it it fits it fits the narrative. It fits what is going on in <clears throat> fandom. And you have I considered myself a year a couple of years ago that real toxic fan who hated anything that fell out of the the normal the normalcy of of a fandom and star trek discovery did that and watching brave new world made me go back and rewatch discovery and what i what i realized was like i was being toxic i was being that fan that you know was being gatekeeping almost to an extent and i came to the conclusion that you know discovery yeah it's not it's not the star trek that i grew up on or the star trek that i you know like per se but there are things about the show that are decent that are that's really cool and it may not be the top Star Trek show that I enjoy, but it, it's not uh, it's not the the hot garbage that I was making it out to be. And right. the fact that, you know, this Star Trek wasn't for me, but there's a fan base for it. And it's 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 good to be respectful to those fans to say, yeah, it's not, you know, if you got into a discussion with somebody like I did with Jody about Superman, we both disagreed about a lot of things about right. the man of steel movie but i respected the fact that it wasn't his cup of tea and likewise he understood where i was coming from where i really loved it and i think that's where fandom needs to get back to mm-hmm. but it, it's it's just um i don't know if it'll ever be like that because it's it's so uh it, it's just so um it gets real personal with with fans because they love something and you have somebody attacking it and then automatically you're going to get defensive. I, I, you know, I kind of I've had people, you know, say things about the things that I enjoy and it I got kind of a knee jerk like, oh, what the hell? I don't mean you know, to, but I do. Right, right. But it's it's like you, you stop for a minute and go, oh, wait a minute. This isn't, you know, it's not worth getting been out of shape about you know so it you, you just kind of have to let it go but yeah I, I think guess it's like because my... it calls into question like we have our not just beliefs um but like in in fandom or even like I've noticed I'll bring in for a second like book talk um if you're on tiktok and you're a reader and you know book talk and you know it exists and book talk as Bianca and I have talked about on our podcast spells with books is it can be a wonderful place and it can be a very toxic place and it can be both yeah. of those things real quick. 
Um, and I think what people struggle with is like, for me, example, like why I brought up book talk is the other day, there's a girl come on that came on there and she holds up this book and it is a book that I love so dearly. It's the book one of a series, which since we are talking about D and D and, and all of the fandoms that we enjoy, it's the book series that led me to create and name my character in the first game that I ever took part of with you and our friends. Um, that where I was um, my, my rogue. Yeah. Um, so it's the character. So it's a character from this book series, but she held up book number one that I hold very dearly. And I love and she called it a hot piece of garbage written by someone. I don't know. It was like so derogatory what she <laughs> said about this book. And I took it incredibly personal. I am almost mm -hmm. 40 years old. And I took what this like 18 year old girl was saying about this book. Yeah. So incredibly personal because to me. I felt like it's a part of me like, yeah. yeah, and I think maybe that's why fandom goes from being like talk. It can go from amazing where people mm -hmm. can like really like bond over something to toxic so quick is because I'm not saying that we've developed our personalities around these things that we have a yeah, warped yeah. personality, but it's like you had such a strong connection to it that you feel like. It's, it's something about it. It's a part of you. Um, like I will go all so far as to say like, so I created a D and D character because of this book series and because of this character in this book series, which led me to deepen my friendships, which also led me to, I now have a very, very permanent, very large tattoo on my body. Like, <laughs> so yeah. I think it just calls into like, it makes you feel like someone is calling you those things. And yeah, I think it, that's where we trip over into toxic real quick. And so I right. could have behaved in a toxic way and I could have left a comment telling her she was young, dumb and didn't know what she was talking about. But I took a deep breath and I scrolled on past. But like that's how quickly I don't think it's that anyone that is toxic means to be toxic unless they've been called out a thousand times and they're like, yeah. I don't give a shit. Yeah. I don't think it means to be toxic, but unfortunately it tends to be very toxic. And I'm now wondering if it's because of that. And some people do tie their identity. Like I said, I'm not saying that yeah. we are, but there are, no. you and I have met some people we have. There, you, there, there are some. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that exactly. they actually tie their whole identity and persona and who they are to that thing. So I'm now wondering, is this maybe why it gets so toxic so quick? I think you may be right in some aspects of that. I, I think uh, we all hold the things that we that we find, you know, our mm -hmm. our fandoms are the things that we love are tied to us to a certain degree because there there's a comfort and there is a security and there's um, a fam uh, familiarity with with maybe a time frame like I talked about being a nine-year-old kid going to get my first comic. I remember that so vividly. And Hawkeye, you know, right. uh, being that first character that really got me, you know, into, into reading comics. Now, Hawkeye 
has been the butt of a lot of jokes over the years. Yes. And you know, I can I feel a little tinge of like, uh, really, you know, um, but at the same time, I've learned to just kind of laugh with it because like some of them are pretty funny. Some of these, you know, these takes on on characters are are funny. Right. But you know, some people are just are are not, um, you know, they can disagree. Uh, like Jody and I did, we could see each other's point of view and disagree on a on a civil a civil basis. But then you've got a lot of folks that just like to troll and just like to to throw bombs and give hot takes and see yes. what kind of reaction can I get out of out of I that side of fandom. I had that where they were like, "Well, I just wanted to see what kind of rise or what kind of reaction I could get out of the community or the person or whatever." And I'm like, "But." But why? <laughs> yeah, well, that's just that's because some people they enjoy that they enjoy you know getting that rise out of people, and you know at, at some point in time I kind of enjoyed watching it. I don't anymore because I see that it's not productive to yeah. building to building you know uh, to building up one another and 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 enjoying you know enjoying things Mm -hmm. that each other has as far as their because i've learned a lot of different things that i didn't know i i I don't play warhammer i know caden is Mm -hmm. is a a fan of that but i have so many friends that are fans of warhammer and i've learned so much lore and and story and terms and all of these things that i may not i i wouldn't play the game because i just I can't afford it. I have too many hobbies as it oh, is it's, now. It is very expensive. But like I won't I, lie, that's pretty much what the kids' money goes to. You I, guys have a job, but yeah. <laughs> I would love. I mean, I love hearing about it, and I love you know talking and asking questions about it. Right. And, uh, yeah, like the fact is, you've got folks that that can disagree, you know, and and be civil about it, and Absolutely. then you've got others that are just there to 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 get a rise and to be trollish and and just you know stoke the fires they want to see the world burn and 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 uh just be you know just be toxic i guess um the the you know kind of going into continuing our our talk about toxicity doctor who would be my fourth uh fandom that i really yeah really really do love and and the the fourth doctor <clears throat> Tom Baker was the my first doctor that I was introduced to uh, and this last doctor Jody Whitaker I think the actress's name is who played the first female doctor mm-hmm. that was a huge bomb of just toxic cloud that everybody had their hot takes on yeah um Oh, my mom was one of them. Like, I don't want to say she was toxic, but my mom was one of them. Immediately when Jodi was cast, she was, like, livid. And it wasn't because it was a woman. It's but my mom does not like her as an actress. Like, she she had watched her in other things and was like, I don't like her. She's this. She's that. She's whatever. That's like shit. Yeah. There were a lot of very strong opinions when she came out. Some of it had to do with her being a woman. Some of it had to do with her acting. There was there was a lot, and you're you're right. It went from like everybody's a Whovian 
everybody loves each other to like nasty, like overnight when that happened. Yeah. Just, just, just being horrible about mm-hmm. everything. And, and I, I watched the first five, six, no, I watched about seven episodes into her, her first season and I was bored. I just couldn't, you know, I couldn't, I didn't gel with her at all. And yeah, I, my biggest, you know, I guess my biggest problem was I just thought the writing was not so great. Now it was her first season. So that's always a possibility for the first season of a new doctor to have that. I went back and watched a few of the second season and, and it seemed like there had been an improvement, but I was already checked out. I really didn't, you know, it's like I, I had so many other things that I was trying to, to, to watch, uh, that I just, I was like, uh, I may just wait for her run to finish up and then just go back and, and watch it, you know, in its entirety. Um, which I do have on my, my little checklist of, of Same. shows to watch is to go back and, and see it. But, you know, the writing to me, the first season and, and such was just not, not that great. And, you know, it, it had nothing to do with, with the actress or what they were doing or any of that stuff. It was just, you got to have a good writer. You have to be able to have mm-hmm. a good storyteller to, to get people hooked. And it just wasn't working for the first season for me, but, um, but alone that, yeah, th- 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 that level of toxicity was, was way off the charts when it came to, you know, her and the showrunner. Uh, mm-hmm. getting a lot of 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 kickback and and stuff from the the fandom and i guess for f- my fifth place would be mmos uh i played everquest back in 1999 that Same. was that was my first introduction and i recently uh this past year with a couple of friends went back and played everquest for about 3 months and kind of having that nostalgia of of playing was really really cool but again i've i played you know uh everquest i played dark age of camelot i played um anarchy online i played city of heroes uh warcraft of course uh warhammer um warcraft was my longest stint i think I got to beta test Warcraft with my friend, my my best friend, Chris Heyer, back in the latter part of 2004. And then, you know, I was hooked and, and played all the way up through Mist of Pandaria uh, is when I ended. I took my first, when I first stepped away from Warcraft for a significant amount of time. And uh, now Final Fantasy XIV has been my home for since it came out in in 2013 or it was relaunched in 2013 i believe and i you know because all the stuff that's gone on with with warcraft and all of the 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 harassment that they were having with some of the female 
employees there and just all of the sketchy stuff that went on i'm having a hard time even thinking about going back and ever playing warcraft again i can understand that you know but but i i don't i mean those that want to play like i still have a few friends that go play and yeah i'm still that's, an that's fine it's just it's just my personal preference and plus it's a matter of time i can't juggle multiple mmos anymore so. oh no and see it's the <clears throat> only mmo i play so, <laughs> so. but but you know, yeah. Diablo Diablo Four looks really good, so I'll I mean I'll I probably buy that. I, I'm good. To, I have reordered. Yep. We have, yeah. You know, I, I but but MMOs have been, I guess the the other fandom that I've really, you know, especially the the Warcraft years because yeah. me and, and we had I had a static group of friends. Some of them lived in Colorado Springs and and some lived here, but we got on every night and we we went on adventures and we laughed we we got pissed we it was just for those years it was just some great memories and and again mmos can uh have such a mm-hmm. a good community you know and i haven't really had a whole i mean you could have there's toxic people in those games too i've come oh, across absolutely like the guys on there that still absolutely 100% believe they are not cracking jokes they yeah. believe wholeheartedly women do not play this game right you have a lot of uh chauvinistic people you've got elitist Very. like if you don't hit the mark if you're not doing enough dps that you know they don't even trashed. say anything to you you're just kicked out yeah, yeah. Yeah, it can like be said, super toxic. But I will say a lot of the changes that have been made <laughs> recently, um, which I'll get into in a minute because I don't want to take over like your second here. But like no, a lot I, of the changes they have made, they have started making it way more casual friendly, which you and I know what that is. If you're an MMO player, you yeah. know what the word casual means. But um, I am considered a casual player. I would have been filthy a filthy casual. I am a filthy <laughs> casual. I used to be a raider. Um, yeah, that is yeah. a whole job like I that yeah. I do not have time for. Do I, not. I, I, I've raided yes. uh, in, in, in Warcraft. I've done some raids. Uh, never really liked it. Um, I, I liked I, it I, until I, it became toxic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I'm casual as well. Um, I mean, when, you know, when I had my static group and, and my friends, we would go do what content we could, you know, we, we love challenges and, mm-hmm. and we love learning dungeons. I mean, Chris was all about, Hey, don't look up strategies online. Let's go into this and learn it ourselves. He was a big proponent of, of, you know, learning it, you know, uh, I can only think of maybe one instance where we were up against a final boss in one dungeon and we were just not getting, we couldn't figure out what, what the, uh, what the thing was that, that kept us, you know, from, from beating it. And he, he told me to go ahead and and look up some strategy, but that was one time in, in all of the years we played that we were just, and that's why I also prefer to play. I hate this, like, when you get queued up for a dungeon and they're like, has everybody watched the video? And I'm like, no, I'm here for the first time because I want to experience it. Yeah, I want yeah. to experience the boss and the graphics and I want to figure it out. I want to die if I need to die. Right. I don't want to go watch somebody else do this dungeon or do this raid on YouTube and then come in here and be like, yeah, I can do this. No, like, 
you want to mm -hmm. feel you want to have some sense of accomplishment when you play games uh, and right. that's you know it's really nice to kind of have this little badge of of like we did this on our own and right. we didn't have any any help and so I think uh, we're getting there again I really do think it's kind of going back to that again um, yeah. honestly like I've played this new expansion is out Dragonflight um, I've been playing it I have run dungeons with some friends a few times. I've run battlegrounds um, with my brother a couple of times. I've done some yeah. questing with Caden. But other than that, this is one of the first expansions that in a long time that I've been able to run around and take care of pretty much everything by myself. I haven't needed the help, but I could have had it if I wanted to. And there are still some things where it's like, oh, well, this is recommended for like a five five people or this is yeah. recommended for you know multiple players and of course i do you know queue up for that but um i think it's finally getting to but i'm with you on the whole like the toxicity if you're unfamiliar with the warcraft toxicity and all the problems they've had in the past there's actually a youtube i can link um for you guys it's really long but it explains everything yeah. in depth and it will leave a really bad taste in your mouth i'm not even going to lie yeah and just about I, all the things that they've dealt with in the past few years. And it even cre it even called out some devs that like, obviously I don't know them personally, uh, but like you, you start to feel like you know these people because they're mm -hmm. always the ones talking to you and they're always doing BlizzCon and like you feel like you know them. You really don't. I have this problem that I do with podcasts that I listen to as well. I think <laughs> I know these people. Like, I really don't. <laughs> yeah. Well, I I think I read last week that Chris Metzen has has come back to Blizzard in a in a position to help out with their IP again. And 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 Chris Metzen is the voice of Thrall. He's also he was a he was to me Warcraft. I mean this oh, man they have a statue of him out front holding a Murloc's hand like he's Walt Disney holding Dick Mickey's hand if yeah. that's yeah i i really i love this man yes I, if i could marry chris metzen i would if if he was by mine is ian has a has a has the uh, it's late i'm struggling yeah. but you know him like he he comes yeah. out for blizzcon they prop him up there he says a bunch of stuff and then he hides for like the rest of the year like you yeah. never hear anything about him i don't know why but i have a thing for, for, for i, I just chris metzen is just He's I've, I've, so smart. He's just such a genius. Yeah, and he's also like really down to earth, and it's like he—you really feel like he is a gamer, and he—I mean, he is. He's not just somebody blowing smoke. He's not some exec. He's not some suit. Mm -hmm. He's somebody that was down in the trenches, doing the work and mm -hmm. and building this this world and giving it lore and giving it a voice. No pun intended. I mean, that's right. His voice, but he actually does that, voice a couple things. Yeah. Yeah, and and that's that's the Warcraft that I miss. And I think when Activision bought Blizzard is is was the 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 slow dirge of of death because no game beat no 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 other MMO came out and and knocked Warcraft off its pedestal. Warcraft itself imploded mm. and just and and brought itself down. That was the downfall was from within, and. And, you know, of course, all of the, the horrible things that went on, you know, uh, 
I, I can't say that Activision was that was the fault of it, but no. them buying it was was a a precursor to I think it's it's I, eventual you know yeah. demise. I think it allowed what was probably already happening um, behind closed doors to yeah. start like ramping up a little bit more, and also like gave certain people that were doing some of the horrific things they were doing. A more of an ego and made them feel like they were more untouchable. So I, it's not right. that I blame Activision, but I think with Activision came big bucks, right? Yeah. And yep. with big bucks becomes higher egos. And with mm-hmm. higher egos sometimes becomes the feeling of being untouchable. And then you start doing things that maybe you've always been this kind of shitty person, for lack of a better term. Um, but then you start thinking that you can do it openly um, and the first time you do it, nothing happens. So then you do it again and you do it again. And I even learned some things on that YouTube that I watched with Caden that I was appalled at. And there's only a few people they call out directly by name. But yeah, I'm beginning to wonder if, based on the timing of everything, Metzen left. Not because he was part of it, but because he did not want to be a part of it. Um, but he has yeah. come back. I just saw the article. It says he is going to return as a Warcraft creative advisor. And I yeah, think they're, advisor. yeah, but just to Warcraft. And I think they're being specific about that because Blizzard, who, as Kelly mentioned, Activision actually bought out. Um, actually, now, as of what is it, this year, 2023, there's a certain date in 2023, Microsoft now owns mm-hmm. Blizzard. Yeah. Um, And they are really trying to make some changes as well and get rid of people that were causing the problem. So that leads me to believe he was not the problem or he would not have been brought back in this capacity. I I think Chris Metzen coming back is is uh, is is good. I think uh, he might be able to kind of rekindle um, Warcraft and, and maybe, you know, help it uh you know get a leg up a bit and and maybe rub some of the uh the the tarnish that had uh had that's kind of yeah come over it over the last few years and i i i don't know whether the man knew anything that was going on i i just assumed and by what he said that it was time you know he had been with the, the company a long time he had he had done his uh due diligence as well and as, he even said know. he had gotten to where he was like depressed all the time and he was drinking a lot um yeah. and he had like a new wife and they had a baby on the way and this is when he was like i need I to wanna... change my life like i need yeah. to change some things and taking a step away from here and becoming a dad and becoming sober um he did actually start his own gaming um company game software yeah. company I, th- I think it's still going but i don't you don't hear much from him i think they're considered indie Um, but I think maybe he's gotten to a point in his life where he's like, I feel confident enough in myself that coming back in this capacity, not in the, is, is good for me and is good for me. I'm I'm sure there was a lot of burnout too. I mean, he was, Oh, absolutely. He said that putting in time, uh, to create so much for the, for the, for the story and for the Mm -hmm. lore. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think that, you know, the landscape of MMOs will be something that I will have, yeah. you know, for the, for the, for however long I'm still here. I mean, I, I joke with my, my niece that, uh, you know, if she ends up, you know, if I get to a point where I can retire or, you know, whatever that, you know, 
that she said, you know, well, I'll have you a room and you can, you know, come and live with me. And I said, well, all I need is, you know, uh, a console or a computer where I can, yeah. you know, just, uh, just give me that and I should be fine. You know, like that time Caden was like, we'll just put Mr. Kelly in the basement. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll just put Mr. <laughs> Kelly in the basement or, you know, if it's, if it's you it, that, that ends up, you know, looking after me in my, my golden age. Uh, yeah, just put me in the basement with a computer ch- yeah. chair and a table and, and, you know, uh, keep, you know, keep the, the microwave meals coming, you know, I, I should be fine. But I, I, that's, that's something that I, I, I love and I love the community because there's so many, you know, just moments where there's just good people that you right. find in these games. And, uh, um, I think as far as, you know, for me closing out this, this part of the, the podcast for this first episode for me is that, uh, you know, kind of talking about the, the toxicity in, in fandom. I think that if, if everybody could just not be quick to, to have a knee jerk reaction to what someone said, right. but just take a minute to listen, unless it's just belligerent. And, and just you could tell right. it's meant to be hurtful. Um, if someone has a disagreement or a, a different opinion, uh, it's not always necessary meant to, to hurt or to, to be negative or to hurt you as a person. And as we both said, sometimes like the 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 young lady talking about your book. Uh, <laughs> I'm so angry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I totally get that. And, and I've been right there with you uh, with other... I had a customer come in and he was trash talking Hawkeye and, you know, of course I, you know, professional comic shop owner, I was being extremely diplomatic with him. One of my friends who knew me real well (laughs) after the guy left, he's like, dude, I have to give it to you. You, you kept your straight face. You, you, you didn't fluster. You didn't turn red. I'm like, that was all on the inside. I mean, I, I kept everything, you know, I said, the guy's opinion was trash. He obviously was, yeah. hasn't read a lot of, you know, books with Hawkeye in it and, and didn't, didn't even know that he had his own team of West coast Avengers back in the eighties. It, it was just somebody who was just doing hot takes. They didn't come with know. enough facts. They had yeah. like, but, I'm okay with you having opinions, but are your opinions right. based in like, Show me receipts, as the young kids say now. Like, yeah, I need yeah. receipts. <laughs> the, the guy, the guy was just making observations based on the fact he was just a dude with a bow and arrow, and and that's he was just really minimizing. Well, in that sense, Batman's just a man with a bank game battering, which is essentially <laughs> just a walk well, on had, device. He also has a huge bank account, which you know, I mean, that's really his superpower is is the you know. A lot of I'm money. just saying, like, if we want to go down that route, I can say yeah, yeah. a lot of them that mm. are just the dude. But, okay. Yeah, a lot of them are just characters with with very unique sets of skills and, and right. some have a little bit more money. But, you know, going back to my advice is, is you know, you're going to come across fans and, and people that may not share your love of, of, of whatever fandom that may be discussing or having a, a discussion about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, you know, 
my <clears throat> my uh, my view on things today is in in uh, it's always good to hear what somebody else has to say, even if it's somewhat negative about maybe yeah. something you enjoy, because you might learn something, you might see another perspective that you you know uh, didn't think about. I mean, it may not change your opinion about said subject, but it it might be a, a new piece of information that you could just kind of, you know, say, OK, well, cool. I, I didn't realize that. I didn't know that. Um, and it's just easier on you as, a, as, as an individual to not get irritated and uptight over, over yeah. something that really is, is not, at the end of the day, is not worth uh, getting yourself worked up and, and angry and upset and, and you let that piece of whatever take away from your love of whatever it is that that may have been said or or, or something you read or, or even watched. So, uh, you know, if people are going to be toxic, I mean, just let them be. I mean, um, like I said, some of them are just out there to get a rise out of you. And if you just take that power that makes, away from them. You definitely don't even yeah. answer them. Definitely yeah, you, don't answer them. You just take the power away from them by just ignoring it and just moving on. Um, because there's just a lot of it, unfortunately, uh, in in our fandom today, and uh, I don't like see. Like I said, it. like I think this is also coming from people <clears throat> that not that we've uh, either one of us ever been deliberately toxic, but I think when you start getting burnt out or you get so upset with the toxicity, yeah. and there's a part of you that also becomes a little toxic about it. I, I yeah, I mean it happens, you know. I, yeah, I, I I just want to chime in. I I was and I think you can vouch for this. Yeah. But I was purposely toxic about Star Trek Discovery. I hate I hate watching. You oh, we season. had some jokes that we used to say about it. Um, I'll just leave it at this because most of you are adults, but it had to do with like the abbreviation for Star Trek and Ajax. I, I I called yeah. it Star Trek STD. Yeah, we were, yeah, so we were that like, was, you know, the thing that Ajax can't even fix. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, I'm just bearing my soul. I was a very toxic individual when it came to that because I just, it just made me so angry. You and were it like, wasn't, nope, not going to do it, not happening. Like, I do, I remember, yeah. I, it wasn't until, you know, like I said, I, I started watching Strange New Worlds and really just digging it that uh because i was looking at star trek discovery because it was because i got the paramount you know uh streaming service i was looking at discovery and i went i don't think i was really fair you know and i, I was really trying to not be toxic because being like that really does affect you in all parts of your life you know it really mm -hmm. does just seep in and it makes you just unhealthy emotionally and so I went back and started watching and, and started looking at things again yeah. and realized that, man, I was really a dick. This was not, you know, uh, this isn't the show that, that I was, was being completely truthful about. You know, I wasn't giving it a fair shake. I was just venting. And that was one of the things that kind of led me to, to, look at things a lot differently and and try not to be uh toxic because there's so there's a there's a 
there's a ton of people, there's a ton of individuals in the fandom that are toxic. I don't need to add to that group. I need to add to the group of like, let's, uh, you know, let's, let's not be toxic. Let's try to right. work things out. You know, let's try to, you know, make a better community for all of us that, that, uh, enjoy things and let's celebrate that and let's not tear people down and, or tear down shows. I mean, like I said, discovery is, was, was not, was not the show for me, but it is not a bad show because of that. And, and that's what, you know, um, you know, Star Trek fans and, and I won't even start, don't even want to go into the Star Wars fandom, but it's the same way. You know, you just have these these individuals or these people that that all they want to do is just tear stuff down, and uh, that's just not it doesn't do anybody any good. So, but I, I just fully wanted to 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 admit that I was a toxic fan, and I'm recovering. I'm not a toxic fan anymore. Um. So yeah, like you were saying, that's just sometimes all fandoms can be toxic and I think all of us are guilty at some point of being toxic. And I think it's whether because we're defending a fandom or because we don't like uh, another person's outtake. I think Mm -hmm. all things can eventually lead to toxicity. Um, But I like how you're saying like, look, I was a person that was toxic about this thing. Um, but here's why we shouldn't be. And it's like, I was telling you earlier, like when I had that knee jerk reaction, I was like so mad that she was like, the things that she was saying about this book were just like, so horrific. She was calling it overrated and just like all these things. I also think it's important to notate something that we mentioned very briefly much earlier on. And that is when I ask you about like fandoms that you really enjoyed and how they change, I think also, like you said, you went back and rewatched it and you reevaluated Star Trek, for example, or that mm-hmm. specific version of Star Trek. Yeah. I think also <clears throat> checking things out at a different point in your life as well. Like yeah. maybe yeah. there was something at that time that was like keeping you stuck in from it. And then maybe you watched it later and you're like, Hmm, I really don't like this, but I can appreciate it for what it is. Uh- I can say that I th- I think one of the problems with um, when I watched Discovery initially was that I I was drinking uh, a lot at that time and uh, currently I'm sober and working on being sober. Um, drinking can really make you more toxic. Uh, <laughs> yeah. When, when you know and it really I mean you're not thinking completely clearly yeah. you're and you're making just a lot of hot takes. And sometimes on, I think that's the things. whole point when you're when you're well, drinking is you're not yeah. wanting to, right? Yeah, I I I went in I think a lot of times just wanting to find reasons to hate something. And so mm-hmm. discovery just kind of was in my right. sight just happened to be the 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 whipping you know what what i decided to just you know uh be horrible on and and just have a lot of hot takes about how crappy the show is and how it's you know they're doing all these things that are not in line with trek canon and and just just being toxic and Mm -hmm. and god if you're drinking it it just makes it a whole lot worse and but going back sober and and re-watching everything you're like yeah, I I think I was too harsh on this show right. for for just no reason. And um 
but yeah, I mean, uh, you you need to. It's okay to defend something that you love, right? Uh, but you know, like I said, there there's ways. You know, there's always you can be civil, and and not uh, not take you know hot shots at at somebody or in a healthy manner. In a healthy manner, and yeah. and and. And I say this because, uh, you know, I've kind of harped on this, you know, let's, uh, you know, let's kind of build a, a better fandom mm-hmm. and, and a healthier fandom is is because there is so much toxicity out there. And, and it's not, uh, like I said, I kind of hate using that word, but it's it's really the only term that kind of fits for for the, the way things have been. Mm-hmm. Um, and. You know, there's enough of that in the world. Fandom right. is it's for us to to enjoy and to 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 step out of our real lives and to kind of have this thing that can bring us a little bit of of serenity or or happiness or or cheer and that kind of stuff. And um, you know, there's there's no reason to 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 crap on on somebody's fandom just because right. you like it or uh, you're trying to troll them or 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 just make them feel bad or something it there's enough of that in the world we don't need that and there's so many shows that i used to watch on youtube that i can't watch anymore because that's all they do they're they just yeah. sit and they shit on everything that comes out they pick it apart and some of these folks i used to really enjoy because they didn't always do that but that's what their shows become right. now that's why you fell in love with that that show or that podcast or that whatever yeah I, yeah I really because they 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 talk about things that you loved and in a way yeah. and, and they also loved it. So you you loved but, it. Yeah, it, it but it became this whole and, and the individual who was the host of the show had a comic book shop. He had it for, you know, about the same amount of time I did. And I think we're around the same age bracket. We're both Gen Xers. So it really I kind of bonded with this YouTuber and it just it's it saddens me that <laughs> this is how his 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 YouTube channel has kind of progressed and it's become this and it's like I do try to go and watch it ever so often but it, I can't watch it for very long because it's just like it's it's just a, a, a echo chamber of shitting on everything and, it's and like when you walk into a room full of people complaining about something and you were yeah, happy you leave yeah. that room being <laughs> miserable and like pissed right. off and you were like I was having such a good day yeah so yeah I like was, when I you was, when you watch something like that you're like oh and you're like why am I Wait, why am I angry? Like, yeah, yeah, I was fine about 15 minutes ago, and I've oh, wait a minute, right. I was, I've been listening to this, right? Thing. Yeah, so I guess in closing, for me, that's that's my 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 take is like, let's just mm-hmm. you know uh, try to understand and and be be kind to one another when it comes to uh, respect for for people's fandoms mm-hmm. and and you know, try not to get bogged down in, in the toxicity. I mean, I know that right. you're, you're going to come in contact with it and maybe you might even participate because maybe you're venting or you, you have your opinion, but, you know, try your best to just, you know, stay away from it because it's not healthy. <clears throat> I think venting and having an opinion um, and being super trashy toxic are very different levels. Yeah, and yeah I think- they are. They are. 
And I think one of the reasons why Kelly and I really want to talk about the two topics that we in kind of inadvertently wanted ended up talking about today, which we, we wanted to, but we didn't set out specifically. Um, in some ways we did. We kind of had talked privately about these are things we want to cover at some point. Um, but the reason I think it's great that we, quote unquote, for our first remastered episode, discussed yeah. um, indie shops. Um, whether they're book, hobby, whatever, as well as toxicity, is because those are two things that we really want our podcast to be moving forward. We really want to support indie bookstores, indie hobby shops, small, local-owned mom-and-pop stores when it's possible. We understand yeah. that a lot of people live on a budget, and unfortunately that means sometimes Emperor Bezos is going to win out. Um, because we do the same. I'm not going to sit here and say every time I order a book, I order it from a small business. I also live in Europe where to get English books, I have to go to specific big stores or what would be big for Europe. So yeah. um, I we wanted to talk about these things. Um, I'm glad it kind of organically came up today. But the reason we want to is because we want to try to be a happy space, a safe space, um, and a comfortable space. So we're trying to point out without name calling or like we're not going to specifically say, as you heard Kelly mentioned and I mentioned, we didn't name anyone or give Twitter handles or, or any yeah, YouTube yeah. channel. We're not going to do right. that. But we're just saying it has been heavily noticed and something that he and I have talked about off and on just even as friends in the last several years that I think also – unfortunately seem to get worse with the panini that we all went through yeah i know we're not trying to be monetized here but i don't like that word because then if you ever want to be monetized you can't say that word so it's the panini around here um because it was a hot mess and the paninis are a hot mess um so i think it got worse because you had keyboard warriors which i think is a bad word because people usually associate that specifically with social justice things um and that's yeah. not even what i mean but like a keyboard warrior in general it's a very generic term to mean it's somebody that just hides behind their keyboard like blasting sometimes very rudely usually their <laughs> yeah. opinions um and we don't want to be that space we don't want to be the place where we come <coughs> here and we just like bash one thing or another or talk about how much we hate it now we will say if we didn't like something um, but I think like not yeah. everyone is supposed to like everything. And that's like the other day I stopped, took a deep breath. And I realized while I took it very personally for a moment that this young lady had negative things to say about my book, not everyone likes the same things. For example, Bianca and I, um, who you guys know that she and I are also very, very good friends, but our reading interests while aligned most of the time, I go to places that we refer to on our show as Bianca no-nos. That doesn't mean she's wrong. It doesn't mean yeah. I'm right. It just means we have different tastes. We also grew up a little bit differently. Um, we have different likes, different interests. But while it overlaps enough that we can come together in a, in a unified area. Yeah. Um, yep. So those are things that we want to do with our podcast. We want to talk about things in the pop culture geek nerd world. Um, we want to talk about the things like Chris Medzen coming back. We want to talk about Henry Cavill. Um, leaving, but in a positive way, like when he, you know, that's something that we might get into next episode. Um, it's kind of the things around Henry Cavill, because I almost used him 
as a comparison for people to understand who Chris Medson was. I was like, Chris Medson is to the MMO gaming world what Henry Cavill is to like the turning your favorite books into movies world yeah. nerds. Like yeah. they both are like the nerd of nerds, like both of them. Yeah. But yeah, so if like if you just keep hearing Chris Medson, you're like, who is that? He's kind of like Henry Cavill, but for like gaming and <laughs> gaming <Yeah>. creation. <laughs> yeah. But, he, yeah. Henry Cavill's a fan who really wants to bring the most authenticity to his projects. Mm-hmm. And I know there's a I haven't really read a lot about what's been going on with him leaving the Witcher series, but there seems to be a lot of uh, upset and and stuff going on there. And I've kind of swayed, kind of not gotten near that because it's like, I like Henry. I don't know. You know, it just seems like it's a hot mess. And I, you know, I I do too. I think he's he's a great actor. I think he's, you know, uh, again, I'm always going to gravitate towards an actor or actress who really loves the source material and is impassioned by it and wants to bring as much to the, to the, whatever project it is as they can. Right. So, I mean, I'm sure I'll have to kind of read about it down the road as, as to what is, uh, is going on. But I, I try to, you know, stem away from stuff like that unless it's just something i i want to find out about all i know is that he left the show because of creative uh differences with the showrunner and and such and now there's all of this other stuff coming out which i don't know what is true i don't know what you know it's it's uh again like we've said it's it it can be messy you know yeah a lot of it Um, can be messy but i think um Remembering why you love something, remembering that not everyone is going to love it, but also yeah. remembering there are people out there in the world that may have never heard of the thing that you love. Warhammer, mm-hmm. movies, comics, yeah. maybe you're a collector of like unique beer. I don't know. But like whatever your thing is, like don't let the people that are just negative Nancy's yeah. yuck your and- yum. Yeah, don't people yuck your yum. And there's other like things like there's other comics and things that uh or or series that I'll probably want to discuss, things that are on the more obscure side of Marvel or DC because I am mm-hmm. a as much as I love like you know I love Green Lantern. That is my he's all he he is he took Hawkeye's place a few years after once mm-hmm. I you know, started reading more DC books, but um, as much as I love the A, B, and C list characters of both uh, publishing companies, I am a, I have a soft spot for the, the, the D, E, you know, level characters that are just obscure. And so um, I thought, in the in the coming episodes, I may have like a little corner where I'll talk about some of the more obscure characters from these uh, publishings from DC and Marvel, just to bring awareness to maybe some of these characters that don't get uh, the 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 limelight. But uh, we'll be we'll be talking about a lot of different uh, topics in 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 fandom, I guess, in general, whether it be like 
Miranda's uh, maybe some of the books that she enjoys and and some of the the uh, things in that area because I I do read I just don't read a lot and it it you know I am rereading right now I'm reading uh, the Elric trilogy from Michael Moorcock which is a a series out of the 70s I think it was when it was written um, I tend to reread things that I've I've just I guess it's like a like putting on a comfortable sweater or something. You just kind of, it you know, it yeah. gives you a sense of comfort. So I haven't really read any. Maybe I can get some tips from you about maybe finding a series to read because uh, um, okay. that could be something maybe we could talk about down the road. But yeah. I know it's getting late for you where you're at. So mm-hmm. uh, I I guess that's all I wanted to say for this this revised episode or this uh remastered episode remastered edition um well i am glad everyone uh came to join us today i hope you enjoyed our topics that we kind of decided to come up with like kelly said every time there would be a little bit different we might always come back to these things though because they seem pretty um kelly is there i know your social media presence and it's preferred it's because that's what you've chosen but do you have anywhere that you're comfortable with people connecting with you if they um so uh, choose to like <clears throat> public like i think is uh, correct me if i'm wrong your instagram is public correct yes my instagram is public it's it's mainly just comic book pictures and things and little you know memes that i find funny um but yeah that's probably the only one that i i really do kind of check on a regular basis if if you want to uh follow me there or if you want to follow and and maybe you know uh say hello or or whatever um that's where i'll i'll probably pick you up at i i don't uh i stay away from facebook um i do have a facebook account but it's private i do have the old comic book shop uh facebook page that i that if i do promote this uh if I do promote this podcast, I'll probably throw it up there because I know that there's a lot of people that still follow my mm-hmm. comic book shop website. Cause I do like for the local shops that just open, I, I'm trying to kind of push them on my old site to, to kind of give them some, hopefully right. some, some business. But yeah, I think Instagram's probably my go-to. Um, and your Instagram is, um, it's at T-E-N-Z-I-L-2814. Yes. Uh, that is, that would be me. <clears throat> um, you guys, if you're not new here, then you know that we have the Place to Be Facebook group on um, Facebook. And where we have not just the podcast personalities, but also multiple people that are fans of the different podcasts on the feed, the here and the wrestling feed, as well as people that enjoy the place to be nation website. Um, you can check out both of those. We have a whole bunch of different conversations that go on in the group and the site has a ton of great articles. Um, we're hoping to add more. I know I've said this for over a year now, but we're hoping to bring some of the book reviews that Bianca and I give on air in written format on the website. So, um, maybe Kelly and I can kind of do the same, but you can find all of the pods that are part of the feeds that we are a family of over on the website. Of course, um, I am comfortable with people reaching out to me either in that Facebook group 
or on my Instagram and TikTok. Um, both are at Moms and Nerd. Um, I feel like I'm forgetting something, but I always do when I get to the end. Um, we're really glad to have you here. It's our first remastered episode edition of Lady in the Beard, and we really hope you come back next time. So we yes. will see you then. All right. See you.